This is Time Signatures with Jim Irvin, a podcast and radio program presented by the Capital Area Blues Society in Lansing, Michigan. Most any contemporary musical style can trace its roots back to the blues. Time Signatures explores the blues and its musical connections with captivating interviews, lively discussions, and news from the world of the blues. And now, here he is, your host, Jim Irvin. Man, I got to tell you, I, I never get bored with doing this podcast because you never know where I'm going to be recording from. Right, right. And and we're recording from a secret location in Lansing. Never know. Yeah. Never know, man. And I'll never tell. I'll never tell. <laughs> it's it's absolutely cool. We're so glad to have everybody with us. My name is Jim Irvin, and this is Time Signatures. I am honored and pleased to have a very special musical guest with me today. I've been wanting to talk to this guy since I met him. Chris Canis, or as many of you know him, Detroit's Prince of the Blues. What's up? Is definitely not your run-of-the-mill musician. <laughs> he started early in life, which we're going to talk about, with some incredible inspiration and guidance from his mother, Angela, mm-hmm. and his father, Leonard, and so many others. And the rest of the story is what follows. Thanks so much for, for coming to Time Signatures. I appreciate having you here. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. It's uh, it's going to be fun. I can see this already. Just the, yeah. the give and take, and and Heck having yeah. a good time. But I want to I want to dive right in here and just just ask you, what are your earliest memories of music when you were growing up? Um, earliest memory of music for me was probably uh, just just hanging out at home with mom. You know, uh, my my parents were were ballroom dancers, and uh, they used to do a lot of that stuff, and um, used to do hustles and. My, my, my mom has always sang. My dad used to sing all the time, not professionally or anything, just, you know, sing me to sleep or something, singing Anita Baker or Luther Vandross or whatnot. Um, but that would probably be my earliest memory. And, uh, I think my first concert she took me to, I, I'm surprised I remember this, I was three, and she took me down downtown and we saw Ray Charles. And that was the first wow. first thing. And, um, and then after that, I saw Criss Cross, which what, is weird. What, what do you remember about, about Ray's concert? Um, I remember it was really hot and it was like, it was outside right downtown. And, um, and I just remember just everybody was really quiet. That's, that's what I remember most. It was very quiet. And all you just, all you heard was Ray and Mm. and his ensemble. I'm getting goosebumps. And man, it was, and it was, you know, and then he hit Georgia and that was it. That was, and it's just dead silence. That's all I remember. I, I can't even imagine. I never got to see Ray. I never got to see BB. Mm-hmm. Um, I did send my mom to see BB King yeah. uh, for her birthday one year, and she said, "Do you want to go with me?" And I said, "No." I said, "I got to work. I'm just, you know, I'll go see him sometime with you." And mm-hmm. that was the last time, you know, that he was in the area. Oh, really? My mom got to see him. She goes, "It was so funny because she called me up and she says." He brought Lucille and everything, and I'm like, Mom, he always has Lucille. That's that's his there. deal, yeah. you know. That's his jam. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um, so years later, uh, she asked me what I wanted to do for my birthday, mm-hmm. and I said, I want to go see the Moody Blues. Okay. I've always, nice. my mom, we have this cross-generational thing that sounds like very much like you and your yep. mom. Yep. 
and she introduced me to some of her music and I introduced her to some of mine. Mm -hmm. And um, the Moody Blues, I'll never forget it. Nights in White Satin was my jam growing Ooh. up. That was the song. That's the song right there. And I have seen the Moody's um, three times in concert. Yeah. Uh, but the time with my mom was very special to me because I'll never forget towards the end of the concert, she started walking up towards the stage and she was just kind of clapping and kind of swooning and, you know, doing this. And I'm like, oh man, this is so cool to watch, you know, yeah, watch her have that moment. Right. You know, and it was, I wish I could have been there to see her with BB because I'm sure she was very much the same I was, way. I was just going to say, I mean, I know I was, I saw, I think I saw BB twice. Oh. Uh, once was at the, Fo actually both times were at the Fox theater. Um, I saw the Moody's there at, at oh, Fox. Such a great room. Too, it, isn't man. it beautiful? It's sonically just awesome. Awesome to hear, especially for blues, too. Like oh, I, yeah. I think some other people have seen, like, Brian McKnight or something, and they said, like, the bass was too heavy for, for his style of music. But, like, for blues and, and like, you know, instruments and stuff like that, and yeah. not just, like, a piped-in beat, it's, uh, it's, it's great. Well, I've seen the video of Bonamassa yeah. um, down there when he brought Larry out on stage. Right, yeah, I've seen that video, And that too. was when he launched, basically relaunched Larry's career with, right. that, with that album. Yep. Yep. And it was just, it was such a cool thing to watch because I've known Larry for several years and um, you can't help but root for your friends, you know? Exactly. exactly. And it was really cool to see him, you know, and of course I would love to see Joe. I haven't seen him yet. This is like my year for the blues. I'm I'm doing all kinds of stuff and meeting people and talking to really cool people. Yeah. And and um, I'm hoping to get uh, Taranzo Cannon on. Good man. And, Good uh, man. oh boy, does he put on a show. Man, I'm telling you, like we... I first met Taranzo. We were actually, it was here in Lansing. I first okay. met Taranzo. It was during Michigan Blues Fest. Okay. Yep. Um, it was it was called something else back then. I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say what it was called. That's all right. It was Old Town Blues Fest. It was called okay. Old Town Blues Fest. And um, yeah, he, I was a little bit late and like we had, I had to have Frog like start the, like the first song because I don't know what was going on that day. I don't remember now, but and, uh, and I remember Taranzo had like his overalls and his hat, his pimp hat. You know, he yeah, got yeah, the yeah, pimp hat on. yeah. And um, and he came up to me after my set and he was like, "Man, that was that was fire. That was that was like that was the Chicago way." I was like, "Ah, Chicago way, huh? All right, I got <laughs> wrong. It's nice Detroit. Little, nice little segue. Well, he has the, the he has the album Chicago way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, ah, that's that's an honor for me to hear you say that that was the Chicago way because it's. A lot of your players actually migrated from Detroit to Absolutely. Chicago. So yeah. you might not know that. No, I didn't. A lot of people didn't know that. That's fantastic. So, all right, yeah, I, we could do this all night. We could. We yeah, actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I want to get back to this and, and talk about you a little bit here. What was your favorite song when you were growing up? Did you have one that just sticks in your mind? And um, it it varied as as I as I progressed. It it started off as. It was a Luther Vandross song. It was a uh, bad boy having a party. Okay. That was my jam when I was in diapers, pretty much. <laughs> and um, and then it I don't know what this song d did to me at the time, but as I was getting older, it I heard an Aretha Franklin, old Aretha Franklin version. She was a little bit heavier back then. She still had the fro, you know. Mm -hmm. She still sat at the piano all shy, and um, it was. Bridge over troubled water. Ooh. That was like one of the first songs that broke me down to tears. And from that moment on, I was like, this is what I need to be like. Like, this is this is what I need to do musically is move people and and bring out the emotions that she had in that song. And that one single performance of just her and a piano 
and then like two background singers. I think it was on a, a talk show, Ed Sullivan, or I don't remember what show it was, wow. but he just was Aretha Franklin, and then she just, bam. Gentle, smooth. She didn't overexert herself. There's got to be video like that somewhere. I there have is to... a video. On and YouTube? And I go or... back to it every now and then to remind myself, this is what you need to be You right need here. to send me a link to that. I will Seriously, to I want to see I'll that. I'll send it to you. Because yep. I'll tell you what, I, I love when you, when you get to see an artist redo a song mm-hmm. that somebody else did, do a cover of it, but make it their own. Man. It's, it's, it's hers now. Yeah. Like, it belongs yeah. to her now. So That's crazy. Because that's, so, yeah. That's that crazy. So I want to go back. Uh, I want to walk you through your, your younger years. You started playing cornet in school. Yep. Um, Fifth grade. But you found your way down another path, didn't you? I did. I did. There was, um, and I'll never forget, this This man was pivotal in into what I do now. Okay. Uh, his name was David Drake. He was my instructor in middle school and my football coach. Okay. Um, and I told him, I was like, I don't want to play football. I'm a soccer player. That's, I've, you know, played soccer for 15 years. And he was like, no, I think you'd be good at football. I was like, all right, fine, whatever. As long as I can continue to do band and football at the same time, then we're, then we're good. We don't, I, you know, I'll do for you, you do for me. Let me play band. And then, you know, we'll go that way. Right on. So I was in sixth grade and finally got to trumpet and, or cornet rather, same instrument pretty much. It's, it's slightly different. Right. Um, and, and I remember he wanted me to be a kicker. And I was like, all right, I'll be a kicker. Sure. You wanted me to play football to be a kicker? He's like, well, you play soccer. <laughs> I was like, all right, fine. <laughs> so then I started, you know, started as kicker. And then he saw how fast I was. And then he switched me to running back and kicker. And then he saw how hard I hit. So he, sw- he put me on running back, kicker, and linebacker. Oh, man. He's like, dude, you're going to have to do something for me now. Like, I can play band more. Or So he upgraded me to eighth grade jazz band. Because he said, you're great at classical, but you're putting a little too much stank on this Beethoven. So <laughs> okay. you're going to have to go to jazz band. Go do that. Right on. So he put me to jazz band, and that was it. From that point on, we had a guitar player in class who was supposed to play trombone, but he also played guitar. And um, and I was like, dude, I want to do that. Like, what is that? And that was it for me. Now, now talk about the old P bass that you found. <sighs> That's that's heartbreaking. Do you still have it? No, you I don't, don't okay. still have it. Okay. And it's it's very hard to talk about because it was my grandfather's P bass. And okay. it was very old, very old bass from the sixties. And I found it cleaning out my grandmother's garage. And it just I just happened to find it. I was like, what is this? It's like it was covered. It was I think it was like jet brown. It was like as brown as that garbage can over there. Okay. And it was it was just so gross and yes, so we're, dirty. We're sitting outside, by the we way. We are outside. That's now. why you can hear we the birds outside. singing. You hear birds and wind and, <laughs> and footsteps <laughs> and squirrels. But um, but no, I I found that bass and I just wanted to know what it was. It only had two strings on it, so I cleaned it up mm. and shined it up real nice. And still, I think the bridge was broken, so the only two strings only two strings could work. So I was like, all right, well, I'll fiddle around with it and see if I can get it to work. So I got sound. So I was like, okay, I got sound. I'm good. I can try to, you know, do what the kid on guitar in my jazz class was doing. There you go. So I was like, fine. I can learn something. So I learned Tracy Chapman. Mm. Um, give me one reason. Yeah, yeah. And then I learned yeah, yeah. some other funk brother stuff. And it was like, it was very limiting because there's only two strings. Right. And then I think a year had passed and I was still playing those two strings, happily, mind you. And my mom was like, you know what? Open this gift right here. And it was like, it, it was a bridge. 
And I was like, I don't really know what this is. But, <laughs> but thank you. And and then, you know, I, I didn't think anything of it. And the next thing I know, she said, all right, here's something else, like a week later. And that bridge was now on the base that I found. And wow. it said badass base too. It was a badass base bridge. And I was like, all right, can I, I can get four strings now? Or is, is that what this is for? Because I knew nothing about guitars right. at all. So, um, so, yeah, then she got me some strings. And I was like, ooh, more notes and more things I can do. And then I just started playing bass. And that was my first love, first stringed instrument. Wow. Um, and then after that, I went to piano. And then after that, I went to saxophone. And after that, harmonica. And then so on and so forth. Many instruments later, finally got a guitar. It was a bright red Squire. Okay. Strat style guitar. And it sounded like trash. But <laughs> I loved it to death. And I started, you know, doing my thing with, the, with that guitar. So That is so cool. Now... I've got to I've got to have you tell another story. Yeah. Because I read this and I thought I got to hear it. Tell me about the first time you heard the blues coming from that cherry red T-top Camaro. Dude, man. Who, who okay. was driving it and who what did driving? you hear? All right. Here's and Tell here's, me about here's it. Here's how it went down. Here's how it went down. I have this <laughs> oh, I got this uncle, right? I got this uncle, right? Yep. I call him Jamerson cuz that's his name. He wants people to call him Jay or whatever. It's like you ain't you ain't that cool to me, bro. You just Jamerson with the big ears. That's all you are. <laughs> you just my uncle. You <laughs> know, uh, but it's I mean, he was he was only like 6 or 7 years older than me, so he's pretty much like my older brother growing up. You know, we got into a bunch of stuff and Sure. And um but yeah, he had this bright red 1999 or 98 T-top Camaro and he was supposed to pick me up and take me to my grandmother's house where he lived at the time. And uh so he picked me up but all I heard was doom, 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 doom. I was like, wait, what is that? And he pulled up and he had like these 15 inch speakers in his car because, you know, he was trying to. That's what they did back then. Sure, they still sure. do it now, kind of. And um, that's all you heard was the bass. And I was like, what is that? I don't know what that is. And um, so he comes in and I'm like, what What was that song? He's like, oh, that was just that was a thrill is gone. And I was like, well, who who is that? Like, it's B.B. King, boy. I was like, oh, okay, that explains it. Cool, thanks. Because at the time, the only blues record I had ever heard was the Simpsons sing the blues. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. That's where my blues journey started. The Simpsons. The Simpsons. Lisa Simpson sings the blues. <laughs> Moaning Lisa blues, by the way. That's where it started. But I don't tell people that part. I'm making a note for myself. King part. I'm making a note for myself to look for this album. Dude, it's, it's hard to find now. It's yeah. hard to find. They might have it on the internet. It's the internet days now. But, sure, sure. But um, but yeah, I heard that that first BB King note and that was I was done, man. I looked up every single thing that BB King had ever did cuz I was like, that's that's the guitar I want to play cuz I right. was more into jazz back then too. Right, right. Cuz I was playing trumpet. So I was still doubling jazz with trumpet, and then now I've got this new sound that I didn't know existed. That so I'm going to stop you right. Awesome. I'm going to stop you right there because I want to read something to the listeners, mm -hmm. and then I've got a question for you about what I'm about to read here. All right. This is I don't know if you wrote this or if your mom wrote this or what, but it said he spent days locked away in his room, and after learning every BB King, Albert King, and Freddie King song note for note. For six months, he wrote his first album at the age of 15, Shades yeah. of Blue, locked away studying the famed Kings of, King of the Blues. Kings of the Blues, yeah. sorry, as they were known. Absolutely. Now, you started recording your own music at 15. I'm, right. I, 
I was talking to Amber about this earlier. Amber <laughs> is the photographer, the 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 gal that sells all the all the merch. I mean, right, she's right. she's at all the concerts, and we were sitting here talking before you got here, and she was talking about that. But but it's it's a story in and of itself because mm-hmm. not many fifteen year olds are going to sit down and and show that kind of dedication. No. No, they wouldn't. And no, and I, when I, most I kids are wanting a PlayStation, what did you get? Man, look, I wanted that PlayStation so bad. <laughs> oh, everyone, everyone, all of my friends, because I grew up in Farmington too. And, sure. Uh, all my friends had them, and I was like, I'm tired of coming to y'all house. I just want to play it by myself. And yeah, I asked for one, which I never asked for anything. Like my my parents know they're like, oh, he's just we get him whatever, and he's happy with it. He's fine. Um, but I was like, hey. So how about that PlayStation though? Like they, a lot of these kids have PlayStations, and she was like, "Okay," and that's all she said. And then come Christmas, <laughs> yeah. or I think it was, or was it my birth? It was a birthday. My come my birthday, she had the box, and I was like, "All right, cool." And I opened it, and it said Tascam. I was like, "I don't know what this is." So it was a Tascam four-track analog mixer. I was like, "All wow. right, this is cool," but I don't. What do I do with it? Like she's like, "Oh, you can put music on it. Like you can record." And, like, you can record yourself playing guitar, and then you can, like, rewind it and go back and record yourself playing something else. I was like, oh, that, that might be fun. All right. So I took it in my room, hooked it up, didn't know what I was doing, and just hit record. And I was like, okay, do I plug into it? Or I don't know. I didn't know what to do. So um, eventually I figured it out. And, uh, and yeah, I recorded Shades of Blue by myself in, in the room. She, had, she did have a drum pad that her partner had bought her. So, uh, so I would... You know, trying to play all the beats on this stupid little drum pad, which sounded like it sounded like crap to a real drummer. But. So you, so you basically did. Did you do everything on the album? Every single thing on every album until wow. she's breaking me. That was the first time I took a band into a room to record noise. So, so you put the first. What is that? Five. Is first that four. Uh, let's see. Shades of blue. C. Sun, sunshine. Uh, pure as gold. I think there's one more. Is there one more? And then I think it goes, she's breaking me. So the first four or five was wow. all all me, even the horn section. And I only had four tracks, so I had to figure out a way to get more instruments sure, sure. instead of having only four. So I was like, okay, well, if I record one track, can I, like, record and then have that track playing so I can double up on tracks and just do it that way? And... I figured out later that that's called bouncing. Okay. So you record one track and then you play it and you record something else and now you have two instruments on one track. Wow. But I had to keep doing that back and forth, back and forth. And the problem with doing it that way is you have to play it perfectly every time and in time. Oh, with I can yourself. imagine. Yeah. So it's like it was a headache. So that's why I'm so good now at keeping keeping like drummer time because I've had to do it by myself so much. So yeah. That's very cool. Yeah. And, you know, um, you released that first album, um, and shortly thereafter you were exposed to Iwana? Yeah, Iwana Fire Taylor. Yeah, tell yeah, me yeah. that story, man. Yeah. You 15 years old at, that time, at the time? I was 15 still, yep. Wow. I'm almost 16. I was getting there, getting to the okay. to the to the age of 16. And um, But, yeah, what had happened was I was playing in Ipsy, um, and this was after after the neutral zone and the teen center, and I got you know I was an ambassador for teens in in Ann Arbor, and um and helped the neutral zone like build a studio, so that they could have teens go into the studio and they could like 
produce an entire album. Really? Is that still there? The Neutral Zone moved, so I don't know okay. if they kept the studio that we all built. But okay. the original Neutral Zone on uh, on Main Street in Ann Arbor, it's the building is still there. Okay. But um, they probably moved the studio. But we had sound reinforcement and everything. It was awesome. And they, teens yeah, could, I mean that's really cool. Teens could like go in and like record a whole whatever they want, and then you know it was a cool spot. It was it was a really cool spot. But um, so yeah, she after that I want to come a talent show by again using my weird bounce tracks i was able to take out my voice and guitar and then have that track behind me i saw i made my own like live track so to speak because i didn't know what i was doing so um so well, I you clearly figured it out i figured it out <laughs> i could perform the song i could play the solos and sing but have the whole track still be behind me and and then i just i won the competition for that and then um after that i started going to ipsy and my mom was recording me like play at these blues jams and uh it was the tap room at the time and uh and iwana used to go to the tap room and she saw me she's like oh we, we gotta have you baby so we gotta have <laughs> we gonna take you on the road with us so i hit the road with thornetta or not thornetta but uh with iwana and then after iwana i eventually met thornetta too okay yeah and i was gonna i was gonna kind of ping pong into that when you were like 18 mm-hmm. you uh basically were taken under the wing of thornetta davis who is phenomenal yeah, in the Bernard Detroit blues scene. Bernard, I mean, she's the queen. I mean, she's great. You got the you got the prince. You got the queen. I right. mean, I would consider. Let's let's. I mean, we need a king. Like, I didn't want to be king because kings are, you know, they're they're up there. They've been doing stuff. So I would say like maybe Larry might be the king. Yeah, he's, he, let's say he's the king. Okay. Yeah. I don't. You know, he's another guy that's very much like yourself. Very humble. Yeah. And oh, I think yes. he might argue with you and you might say, oh, no, no, no. Somebody, he'll, he'll say that. If you, interview, if you interview him and you say, yeah, you're, you're going you're gonna to be the king of Detroit Blues. And he'd be like, oh, no, there's somebody else out there. I'm sure there's, <laughs> sure there's somebody else better than me out there. I love Larry, though. Larry is, uh, he's one of a kind. I met him several years ago. Um, mm-hmm. I worked in radio in Lansing. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember them doing Blues on the Square. And mm-hmm. Larry was a, like a regular at Blues on the Square. And then, you know, I got out of radio and uh, several years went by, and uh, WMMQ was having their birthday bash, and they happened to have Larry. Oh, yeah. Played o- right over here on Saginaw. Oh, I can't remember the name of the, the bar now. It changed, it changed names it's now. It changed, yeah. But um, he did their, their birthday bash. Mm-hmm. And it was so much fun because I hadn't heard Larry in quite a while. But Larry's one of those people that never, never, never gets full of himself he's right. always very personal always um i got to see him earlier this spring and um i brought my son with me because i wanted him to to come and hear larry yeah yeah and was that the uh, son i met no that was my nephew that was your nephew my, okay. yeah you're gonna meet my son he's can't wait. Can't wait. yeah he's he's definitely getting into the blues and i had told larry that he you know was kind of playing guitar a little bit and he goes mm-hmm. oh you pick strings huh he says <laughs> he's i'll tell you what he says uh when you're ready, you know, and you want to sit down and pick some strings together, you know, and you're ready to share your music. For sure. Be happy to do it with you. And I looked yeah. at him and I'm like, do you realize what just happened? Right. And but but still one of the nice, most humble, kind, personable individuals you ever want to meet. Yeah. For and sure. I know I'm not telling you anything. For sure. Oh, yeah. I've, I've played with Larry a couple of times, man. Yep. He's he's always been cool. Always been always been humble. Always just like just, you know. Down home, down down south kind of guy, man. He's just awesome. 
Absolutely. awesome. And his skill is is immeasurable. His, his skill and his voice. What's funny is I write a lot of songs, right? And I sometimes I hear different voices in my head, not not in a bad way or anything, but <laughs> <laughs> I don't answer them, but at least. Um, so I hear a lot of voices in my head when I'm writing songs and certain songs, I'm like, man, this this has got a little Milton feel to it. Like little Milton should be singing this. And I've had that moment on this newest album. I wrote a song and I was like, I hear Larry's voice. I just hear it. It's got to be boomy and it's got to have that, that slight back of the throat nasal lift to it, but it still has to have depth in it. And I need, I want Larry's voice on it. And I ended up not contacting Larry to be like, hey, I got a song for you. And because I was like, he's, he's going to say no. He's not going to want to sing on a song that I wrote. He, he, likes, he likes to write his own song. So I never, I never contacted him, and I regret it. You're talking I about might, the album Detroit. Yeah. You're going to yeah. tell me the song? I don't know if I can. Come on. I don't know, man. Come on, tell I still, me. I still might contact him. I still might be like, hey, I want you to sing this song. You won't, you won't share, huh? If he says yes, then I'll tell you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> if he says yes, I'm going to have you both back. How's that? Yeah. Well, it was, it, okay, I'll tell you. It was Detroit. But it was Detroit, but it was written differently back then. Okay. So I might have to play you the original version that I had in mind before I finally landed on the Detroit we have now. Because it's a little bit different. We are going to wrap up this episode. My guest has been Chris Canis. He's, he's a wonderful musician. If you want to check up check out his music, Chris, where can they find you? All right, you can check us out at chriscanis.com or .net. doesn't matter. We got both. Um, you right can on. check us out on Facebook. Uh, it'd be Chris Canis Blues on Facebook, the Chris Canis on Instagram. And I'm not sure if I even have a Snapchat anymore. So you can check if you like. It's Chris Canis either way. And he's got seven albums out there for you to choose from. Yeah. Detroit, we're going to talk about that on the next episode because yes, I love that album. Uh, that was my first, the first music that I discovered you on. Oh, okay. And uh, we're definitely going to talk more about that. But tune in next time. We will have Chris Canis back here one more time. And we're looking forward to it. This has been Time Signatures with Jim Irvin, presented by the Capital Area Blues Society in Lansing, Michigan. For more information on cabs, visit capitalareablues.org. You can find this episode and past episodes at lccconnect.org. The Time Signatures theme song, Michigan Roads, is used by permission and was written by Root Doctor, featuring Freddie Cunningham. Until next time, keep on keeping the blues alive. Examining the issues and topics that affect our lives from the local level to the world stage. Listen to the programs of LCC Connect anytime at lccconnect.org. LCC Connect. Voices. Vibes. Vision. K-12 Operations at Lansing Community College has been a proud collaborator of the Lansing Promise Scholarship since 2012. The Lansing Promise Scholarship offers graduating high school seniors who live within the Lansing School District and attend a high school within district boundaries an opportunity to attend LCC. Since its inception, over 1,000 enrolled students have saved over $2 million, earning over 400 degrees and certificates as well as 30,000 credits at LCC. 
For more information on the Lansing Promise Scholarship, please visit lcc.edu slash hope. Laura, that was an amazing meal. The guys really went to town on that leg of lamb. Yeah, thanks, Amy. I'm glad everyone enjoyed it. It's hard to believe how much you and Jim have done with the house in such a short amount of time. It's just gorgeous. Yeah, we love it too. And the kids are really thriving in school here. But... But what? Something's wrong. I know you too well. Jim's company is cutting his salary, and he may even get laid off. He doesn't think we'll be able to afford the mortgage. Oh, Laura. You know what? My cousin Susan and her husband were in a similar situation, but they got some terrific advice for free from a housing counselor from the NFCC, the National Foundation for Credit Counseling. You need to be careful who you can trust these days with so many so-called mortgage consultants out there. The NFCC is nonprofit and has been around for more than 50 years. If you think you're in danger of foreclosure, call the NFCC today at 866-687-6322 or visit mortgagehelpnow.org. That's mortgagehelpnow.org a public service from the NFCC. Hi, I'm John Seleggi, director of the LCC Library. Join me and my co-hosts, Amy Ewald, Robin Moore, and Abby Tebow for a new show here on LCC Connect called Written in the Stars. It's all about writers, publishers, and lovers of the written word at LCC. Written in the Stars, coming soon to LCC Connect. Find updates at lccconnect.org. Founded in 1957, LCC has addressed the needs of Michigan industries through education for more than 65 years. Anchored by the downtown campus located in the heart of Lansing, LCC serves mid-Michigan communities with additional campuses in Delta Township, East Lansing, and Livingston County. The college offers more than 200 degrees and certificate programs and is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Those interested in learning more about LCC may visit lcc.edu slash youbelong. LCC. Connect. Voices. Vibes. Vision. Hey, hey, hey. This is Lisa A. And you're listening to Who's That Star on LCC Connect at Lansing Community College. Who's That Star is a behind-the-scenes show where I sit down and talk with the employees at the college. This is an inside look at LCC, where you have a chance to learn about their passions, projects, and what inspires them both in their work and personal lives. I'm your host, Lisa Alexander, and I'm so excited to get a chance to talk to all the people who make LCC great. This show is for you to get to know the people that work at Lansing Community College a little bit more and see what makes them tick. Are you ready? Okay, let's find out who's that star. Today on Who's That Star, we have someone that I feel is one of the most reliable people I know around the college. I know she is going to do what she says. I always enjoy working with her. She has the best interest of the student at heart. This star came to LCC in 2010. She started her journey at LCC with the Business and Community Institute, first as a program coordinator and then a success coach for the ePathways, a partnership with Capital Area Michigan Works. From those experiences, she was able to broaden her work as a success coach for the Computer Information Technologies Program and Technical Careers, before shifting over to the College-Wide Success Coach Program in 2017. 
Since then, she's became a manager in 2018 and now is serving as director of this program. Prior to LCC, this star earned her Master's of Arts in Student Affairs Administration from MSU and worked at MSU in the area of residence life and housing. All right, everybody, are you ready to learn who's today's star? Drum roll, please. Today's star is Sarah Garcia Lentz, Director of Success Coach Program. Sarah, welcome to Who's That Star? I'm so glad you could come on today. I've wanted you to come on here for a long time now. Thank you so much for having me. This is my first podcast. I'm really excited to be here. Oh, I'm, I find that hard to believe, but I'm so glad that you are starting out with us. So I'm ready to get started. How about you? Let's do it. All right. Can you tell me a little bit about who you are and what is important to you in your life right now? Yeah, thank you. Those are those are great questions. Um, so first and foremost, uh, as you shared, I'm the director of the Academic Success Coach team here at LCC. I've been at LCC for 13 years, so it's a really big part of my life. Uh, I love LCC, love working with other LCC stars, and making a difference to other people. Um, besides, besides that, I'm a Michigander. I have lived here most of my life. I've moved around a little bit, but it's a really good place to be, and I think I'll probably be here for the rest of my life. Uh, through marriage, I've also gotten to add parent and grandparent to the roles I play. Okay. I'm also a sister. I have three sisters, and we live in four different time zones. Wow. So we get to do regular fun Zoom calls. We have to coordinate the time, so one, two, three, four, <laughs> five, six, seven, eight. And what's important to me right now is the relationships I have with other people, making good choices that positively impact me and the world around me, and just finding peace and acceptance with myself and the world that we live in. All right. Hey, I applaud that. You say you're from Michigan. What parts? I went to Okemos High School. Okay, so you're from this, around this area. Yeah, I, I lived in Grand Rapids as a smaller kid, uh, but moved to Okemos in middle school, Went went uh, to Wisconsin for my undergraduate, then came back to Michigan for ma- for my uh, master's program at MSU. Then I moved out to New England for a while. I worked at the University of New Hampshire. Oh wow! Moved around a little bit, but then found myself back in Lansing uh, in 2010, and here to stay. Hey, I'm glad. We're so glad to have you here. What do you like most about what you do here at LCC? I am a firm believer in the power of higher education. Colleges change lives, and I've seen that firsthand through the many students I've worked with. Um, And I can say that college was very impactful for me as a student as well. I love the diversity here, meaning the diversity of the students we serve, the people we work with, the programs we offer, and the activities we get involved with. We have thousands of students, and I think it's safe to say thousands of different experiences. I love being a part of it. With the Success Coach team, it's rewarding to work with a team of people dedicated to students and their success. There's a lot of positive energy, great ideas, and it's really a wonderful group to be around every day. So you, in in the introduction, I talked about how you started out as a success coach. 
Or did you, yeah, you started out as a success coach. Then you came into the college wide and then became a manager. And now you're a director. You have went through like all the steps. Do you have a favorite? <laughs> That's a great question. With every step, I definitely learn new things. I'm a very firm believer of continuous learning and growing and improving. And I, I don't know what my end goal is going to be. I just try to do a really good job wherever I'm at and, uh, and help other people. Yeah, I really got acquainted with you when you worked with the computer area and you were like a success coach for that area, but it was trying to get women in STEM. And I thought that was so cool. And then I had, I remember running home telling Michaela, Oh, I know somebody perfect for you to talk to, but she changed her mind. So, but anyway, I just thought that that was such a great way to get women into the STEM area and the computer area. So, did you enjoy that work as well? I loved it. I learned so much about technology, and uh, I don't consider myself to be a super tech person, but being a part of that program is actually for adult learners to come back to school, learn IT, and ultimately get employment. Mm -hmm. um, so it was a really neat program. It actually inspired me to take some classes here at the college, and I got my certificate of completion in computer basics while I was working in the program oh, so wow. I could learn more about it firsthand and support our students better. Uh, so yeah, that was, that was, it was a great time. That is cool. What is life like for you outside of working at Lansing Community College? Mm -hmm. Yeah, outside of work, uh, life is, is very busy, um, but quiet at the same time. Uh, my, my wife works for a nonprofit, um, and we're both at busy times in our career, so we, we both work a lot. Our son is in high school, and he plays football, so balancing parenting, working, taking care of our dog and two cats... <laughs> That's that's pretty much life. Um, I I like simple things. I like going for walks. I like Netflix and just <laughs> keeping all the the balls we're juggling up in the air. Well, yeah, because with you being the director, I'm sure you have so many different competing tasks, right? Like you got to manage people, and you are meant like you direct a staff of how many? So we have. 18 full-time success coaches, two managers, and a lead support and myself. So it, it is a big team. And you have to, you're responsible for all of that. And then you have to take care of that. But then you also have duties that you have to do in the college. What are some of those things that you do outside of, which is almost a full-time job managing all those people and how, what are some other things that you do in your role as director? Yeah, it is It is a lot. A lot of it depends on the time of the year. So it might be balancing uh, getting new students into our system and, and connected with the success coaches, uh, working with our academic alert system, which shares with us if there are students who may be struggling in the classroom to make sure that we're able to help them. It's a lot of reporting, a lot of data collection. A big part of the success coaches is documenting all of their interactions with students, which is a lot. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes looking at 
at that so we can tell what kind of impact we're making, if there's any opportunities that we might be missing, um, connecting with the rest of the college. One thing I do that I really enjoy, it's not necessarily um, directly part of my role as director, but I've been serving on Academic Senate for the last couple of years, Mm -hmm. which is a really interesting way to learn more about what's happening across the college, engage in conversations with people from all over the college and try to bring my perspective from the success coaches and student affairs to that group. Yeah, because you brought trainings, the student affairs, you know, and the college wide. Because I think, what was that? We just did the ACE. We just did that one, which I thought that... I love that one. And I think it it just helps you to just kind of remember like how you have to be, why you need to be kind to people and what things you may bring to the table that you need to be aware of. And I just always loved that. I thought I was appreciative of that. And I just think that you do a lot that people don't necessarily realize all the things that you do. And so we are super glad to have you here and I just wanted you to expand on that so people really know what you do. Uh, Well I I appreciate that I think student affairs is a fun area to be a part of because so much is always changing and there's a lot of professional development opportunities just looking into a webinar about artificial intelligence and how that impacts student affairs and we really have to keep current with everything because so much is changing with technology and with the pandemic So continuing to learn and figure out how that shapes our work is, uh, it's exciting. Yeah. One of the other things that I wanted to mention too, that I love about you as a director and your team is you guys do so much fun stuff. So I love like the bonding that you do with your team. You just have fun. And I think that's important. And I'm glad that you as a director realize that so I just wanted to shout you out for that too because I'm always like oh they look like they're having so much fun when they do different things and everybody dresses up and I'm just that type of person so I I appreciate that so yeah team building is is important and fun is important especially when you work hard and yes a lot of our students have really challenging situations so sometimes just being able to Decompress and pro- yeah. yeah, and I and I like that. And that, and you're right. The team building aspect, it just gets to know your colleagues more. I just think, and it helps you work with students better, right? You're just confident. You understand. You're relaxed. And so, I just wanted to shout that out. So, but my next question is, like, what are your hobbies, and how did you get into them? That is another great question, especially because I think a lot of us working, parenting, sometimes it's hard to find time for that, mm-hmm. uh, but it is really important. So one one thing that I really enjoy is I'm part of a book club, and it started shortly before the pandemic, and kind of a random group of friends, we just decided, hey, let's do it. And once a month, someone picks a different book and hosts, and we We gather on a Sunday night and talk about a book and it's really fun and we've gotten to know each other a little bit better through that. But it's also gotten me to read more and read things I wouldn't normally Mm -hmm. read, which I like because it gets me out of my my comfort zone a little bit. That's what I was going to wonder. Like, are you reading 
like non Is it a specific genre or everybody gets to pick what they like? Yeah, everyone gets to pick what they like and people have different different tastes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so there's often something that some people like, some people don't like. It's usually fiction, but we have read some some nonfiction. I think one of our first books was on the refugee crisis. And then we decided, you know what, let's let's keep it a little lighter. lighter. Yeah, yeah, I get Yeah, <laughs> I know, because that can be it's heart wrenching sometimes, yeah. and you, but you want to know and stay informed. So I think that's cool because a lot of people say, oh, we're going to do it. But then they don't. Yeah. And so that you guys did it and it's still doing it is a good thing. Right. Yeah. 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 I I also recently joined a a Thursday evening bowling league, which is definitely not something I've done before. uh, But a couple of acquaintances asked if uh, if I would join. And I thought, you know what, that would be really fun because, uh, yeah, it's just, again, opportunity to to hone a skill, get to know some people a little bit better and mm-hmm. have fun. So you weren't a bowler before? I was not a bowler. Oh, okay, oh, that's no. cool. And I'm, I'm not very good, but I'm having <laughs> fun and I feel like I'm getting a little better, so. Hey, I feel like, you know, if you're giving it a try, and it seems like it's always fun when you go, like, I'm a bowler, but I don't want the pressure of the league. That's why I was kind of like, and then, like, after three games, my arm hurts. Oh, my arm gets tired, yeah. So I was like, mm, but no, I, I think LCC have a bowling league. And so I had thought about that, and that's a fun way to get to know people you work with. All right, so. well, maybe that's what we should do is Join the LCC Bowling League. I might have to since I, yeah. my daughter's out of high school now. I got more time, so I may have to do that and think for me. It is fun. It is fun. So those are your two hobbies? Yeah. And you, how did you, you said you just experimented and, and taken a leap of faith and started them. Yeah. So yeah. that's cool. Yeah. So you, you hear that out there. Don't think about it. Just do it. Do you have or live by any piece of advice or motto? There are a lot that I like. Lots of advice, lots of quotes. We have uh, quite a few quotes around in the success coach area to help us remind ourselves what's important and and to to inspire people. Um, But one that I really like is, if you work really hard and you're kind, amazing things will happen. And that's Conan O'Brien. Okay. I think, yeah, I, I definitely, I think working hard is, is very important, but also being kind to people. I agree. Those are two really important things to me and, and can lead to really good opportunities. I, no, I, I definitely agree. And it's really kind of that simple too, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes you don't have to make a, oh, this really big deal about the things that you do. If you work hard, whether you know your subject you trying to learn so that's working hard till you get to expertise level and just being kind and empathetic to people to know that they have a struggle too will make people remember how you made them feel and so you're right that's what opportunities come to people mm-hmm. so I definitely agree with that one and who'd have thought Conan said that? Right? Yeah, but he, he strikes me as a kind individual yeah, who works is. hard. So. And he's funny. I love him. He is I funny. watch him all the time. <laughs> so that's your favorite one? That, yeah, that's, that's, the one. That is, that's one I really like. Yeah, Simple, I think, but it's. Yeah, it is. It I kind of like to that too, though. Yeah. I think that one, I might use that one too. 
Absolutely. So what's one thing that can instantly make your day better? Mm-hmm. Something that can really help is a sincere compliment. Um, I'm not I'm not someone who needs a lot of praise or external validation, but if someone says something genuine, you've you've given me some very nice compliments just during this podcast, mm. and it's all I'm all warm and fuzzy now, and I just I appreciate you, but it's nice because sometimes we don't know the impact we have on other people or um, what kind of if if I said something and and it someone else says, oh, that I remember that or that mm. that meant something to me, that's that can really make my day wonderful. Um, another another thing is uh, humor. I I don't think of myself as a very funny person. If I try to be funny, sometimes <laughs> it just comes out awkward. But when I am successfully funny and can and people laugh, that is like a huge win. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I understand. <laughs> It's good to bring people joy. Yeah. And if you can with humor, that's always a win. But I definitely meant what I said. Um, I think those things are true. So I'm glad that I could make your day better. Now, I'm I'm curious how what you think about this. Like, do you consider yourself an introvert or an extrovert? I was very quiet growing up. I was extremely shy, didn't have a lot of friends. I, I was a bookworm. I definitely for a long time felt very introverted, wasn't really into large groups, parties, things like that. Now I feel like I'm more in the middle, mm. especially at work. I love talking to people at work. Yeah. <laughs> and I think it's because I enjoy work so much and I get excited and I like learning about what's happening at the college and I like getting to know different people. And maybe it was after being at home for a year and a half during the pandemic, yeah. a lot of people said that made them more introverted. Mm -hmm. I feel like it actually maybe made me more extroverted because I... I've realized I really enjoy talking to people right? <laughs> and I do get energized from that. But still at the end of the day, I, I like my quiet time, my downtime and getting my energy back. Yeah, I can. Uh, I definitely I don't see you out there as a party animal for sure. <laughs> but I definitely think the pandemic did impact people. I knew I like talking to people. It was just reaffirmed when we were sitting there looking at that computer and I didn't get to walk. Cause you know, I come back in your area all the time causing havoc <laughs> and I enjoy it because, you know, it's just so many different people that I enjoy talking to, but it, it's fun to have interaction with people. So yeah, you, you definitely strike me as an extrovert, <laughs> I, but you know, I am and I'm not mm -hmm. like I'm an extrovert, but I was an only child. So I need peace. Like I'll go home and I don't want to talk to nobody because I've just put so much energy out throughout the day. And it's like, okay, you guys, I don't really feel like talking, but <laughs> I am most of the time I enjoy people. I like finding out stuff about them and I feed off of energy. So, yep. If got good positive energy, we will, we'll, we'll have a lot to, in common in talking. Okay, so what motivates you to work hard? Because you are a hard worker. Yeah, I, I enjoy work, and that makes it easy to work hard. 
Um, but I think, I think a couple of influences, definitely my parents, I had a wonderful parents. I was really fortunate. Um, and they both had good work ethic and taught me that hard work is good work. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember specifically my dad telling me at a young age, I think I made a, some kind of snotty remark about someone's job and, and he said, oh no, <laughs> all honest work is good work and you can't judge anybody by the work they do because it, yeah. it's, it's, it's all respected. Um, I don't take work for granted. I'm very thankful that I have a career and have found a space within higher ed and LCC. Um, my motivation is definitely a desire to help others, but also make sure I'm fulfilling the responsibilities I've taken on. It's mm -hmm. not something I take lightly. But it's also something I truly enjoy, and that helps. Yeah, it does make a difference. So your parents give you a good foundation, huh? Definitely. Good work ethic, yep. yeah. Yep, and responsibility, they they knocked that into me. <laughs> yeah, and I, you know, and I think at the end of the day, not judging people's parenting styles, but that's just one that I like. Mm -hmm. I think that it makes people self-sufficient. They understand that and if you want something, you have to work for it. It's not going to be given to you. And it carries on while they're gone. Like, my parents were like that, and both of them have are deceased now. But I understand from them what it means to work. And I'm so happy because now I can take care of myself and, yeah. you know, yeah. do what I need to do. So that mindset is something that I'm glad that I was exposed to. That's great. Yeah, both both my parents have passed too, and I, I don't know about you, but the older I get, I just open my mouth, especially if I'm parenting, and yeah. it, they're just, it's their words coming out. Yeah. Like they have such an influence. Yeah, you never <laughs> thought that you'd be like, I was like, ooh, I'm not going to never say yeah, none of yeah. the stuff that you've been telling me. And then I'm saying the same stuff to Michaela, and I'm like, oh my gosh, my mama cursed me like she said, you know, I'm just starting to be her now, so. Yep, yep. like, oh, you oh, you're cold. You can put on a sweater. You don't need to turn, turn up the heat. That costs right. money. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but yeah, well, we're going to wind down. I got one more question for you. I want to know what's your favorite way to spend a day off. You work so hard. You hear a lot of the time when you do take days off, what's a way that your favorite way to spend it? That is a great question. Uh, and, and it is very important. I was just talking to a colleague earlier today about how important it is to take that time off, refresh, take care of yourself. So I, I, I don't have this very often, but on the occasion, I might have a day off with zero responsibilities. I would eat some delicious food. Mm. I might go to the movies by myself. Yeah. That's actually something I really enjoy doing. Maybe that is the introvert in me taking a walk in the woods with my dog. Maybe eating some more delicious food, yes. a fancy <laughs> coffee, treating myself a bit, and then honestly going to bed early and getting a fantastic night's sleep. That, to me, sounds like a great day. It sounds like a great day to me, too. Yeah. The rest is important. It really is. Time to yourself is important to rejuvenate. So I think that is, especially since we don't get that opportunity much now in your lives. I think that's great. Well, Sarah, I am thankful that you came on Who's That Star today. I enjoy having you on here, and hopefully you'll come back again. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me and introducing me to my first podcast experience. Yes, I'm excited to do that, but it, I know it won't be your last. 
All right, everybody. I can't wait to talk to you again. Tune in to find out who's that star. You've been listening to Who's That Star. I'm Lisa A., and you can listen to this episode of Who's That Star and other shows from LCC Connect anytime online at lccconnect.org. Thank you for listening. Catch me next time to find out Who's That Star. Keep connected with LCC Connect at lccconnect.org. LCC Connect. Voices. Vibes. Vision. Today in school, I learned a lot. In chemistry, I learned that no one likes me. In English, I learned that I'm disgusting. And in physics, I learned that I'm a loser. Today in school, I learned that I'm ugly and useless. And in gym, I learned that I'm pathetic and a joke. In history, I learned that I'm trapped. Today in school, I learned that I have no friends. In In English, I learned that I make people sick. And And at lunch, I learned that I sit on my own because I smell. In chemistry, I learned that no one likes me. In biology, I learned that I'm fat and stupid. And in math, I learned that I'm trash. The only thing I didn't learn in school today... The only thing I didn't learn today... The only thing I didn't learn... Is why no one ever helps. Kids witness bullying every day. They want to help, but they don't know how. Teach them how to stop bullying and be more than a bystander at stopbullying.gov. A message from the Ad Council. Lansing Community College's Business and Community Institute provides businesses with customized, synergistic trainings that realize logistical opportunity. Learn more about the future of business today at lcc.edu bci. This has been a presentation of LCC Connect a weekly program that features the voices, vibes, and vision of Lansing Community College. All shows featured on LCC Connect are recorded at the WLNZ Studio, located on LCC's downtown campus. Each program is podcast-based and can be heard anytime at lccconnect.org. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on one of our shows, connect with us by emailing lcc-connect at lcc.edu.